Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here in uh, Idaho. I'm Ken Lewis, uh, the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh in the studio today is my co-host and former former host of this show, Heart of the Athlete, uh, Tom Doherty. Tom, or Pastor Tom Doherty, thank you for being on the show. Ken, it's always great to be here. I mean, two weeks in a row of being back has been kind of a great memory, and, and I'm certainly appreciative of you uh, taking this show. As you well know, my time got very... Uh, you were very busy. I was very busy, and I had to step back. <laughs> I had to step back and to have you uh, pick this up and and move forward. It's been huge, but I'm I'm glad to be back because you know I love sports and I love you and I love what FCA does in the Treasure Valley and across the, the nation. You know, and so it's it's just exciting to be here. And I appreciate the opportunity, Ken. You bet. And we're blessed today to have uh, a great uh, former Major League Baseball player. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest for today? Well, I'll do that. And uh, this is a friend of my cousin's in uh, in Visalia, California. My cousin Jim Doherty. Of course, I knew him as Joe growing up, but Jim actually introduced me to Rance. A number of years ago when I dropped through and he actually took me to his house and I was able to look at his little, he had a little museum in his house of of uh, baseball things, which I thought was a really neat thing. And he always said, you need to have Rance on, on the air because he was an FCA guy, a Christian guy. And so I told Rance for the last eight months or a year that I'd have him on the air and, and finally we're here. So today I want to introduce you to somebody that, believe it or not, I followed, I knew uh, back in the day that he played, because I followed baseball very close, and we had this game, and we'd name players, and mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I'd have Rance Molnix as one of my my players because I love the name, you know, it's so unique. Oh yeah. So today, I'm we're really privileged to have on the air uh, from Visalia, California, uh, Rance Molnix, and Rance, uh, thank you for joining us today. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, to share with you this morning. And I see that you were born in Tulare. You know, of course, I was. My dad was born in uh, Lemon Grove, and uh, we're uh, was raised in Visalia. And I'd be down there every single summer for a long time. So you really are a local guy. Yes, I, I am. I actually grew up in a small farming community of Woodville, California, which is about twenty miles or so from here in Visalia, town of about twelve hundred people, and went to high school in in uh, Menanchee High School in Porterville, California. So born and raised, I'm a Valley boy. Well, that's pretty amazing, going to a very small, uh, living in a small city, and then making it all the way to the major leagues. In fact, so did that happen to you out of high school, or what, what was the, how did that happen when you get drafted? Tell us kind of the course of how that started. Well, in, in the June draft of 1974, which was the year I graduated from high school. I was drafted by the California Angels and signed with them. And approximately 15 days later, I played my first professional baseball game in the Pioneer League um, in Ogden, Utah. But we played (laughs) our home games. I would be remiss if I didn't say that uh, uh, my first year in professional baseball, I was an Idaho Falls Angel. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And and so uh, it just progressed from there, there very quickly. The next year I was in A-ball, 
the next year, uh, I was in uh, AA in the Texas League. The next year, I started in 1977. I started in AAA, Salt Lake City, in the Pacific Coast League. And uh, June 15th of that year was called to, to the major leagues. So that's just a brief synopsis of, of the progression. Wow. Well, and Lance, you went on to play with the uh, the Royals as well and then ended up with the Blue Jays. And um, I just uh, just in a little bit of research we, we've done and, and as we get to know you, you batted over 300, uh, 300 three different years. Uh, is that right? Uh, in 84, 87, and 88? That's amazing. Yes, that's, that's correct. And, and the, the best years, honestly, that I had in baseball, it was all great. But the 11 years I spent in Toronto uh, were the best years um, for me individually and the fact that I was fortunate enough to be on a lot of very, very good teams in Toronto and eventually ended up as a member of, in 1992 of a world championship team. So uh, it was a great run, and I'm grateful. Wow, that's amazing. Well, what's that like, uh, honestly, uh, Rance, playing on a world championship team? How about that? Tell us a little bit about that year. Well, it's, it's a, a tremendous amount of fun, needless to say, because during the course of the season, you win a lot of ball games uh, in order to even advance to the playoffs, especially at that time, because uh, there was only two divisions in, in each league, uh, no wild card, um, so we won the Eastern Division, ended up winning the Eastern Division, of course, and then went on to, to beat the uh, the uh, Braves in six games in the World Series. But uh, the thing, I think, if I were going to point out maybe uh, a little bit of a difference between that ball team and the previous teams that I had played on in Toronto, is that year uh, Dave Winfield came in and was our DH. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, so and, and, of course, his pedigree or you know his record speaks for itself he's he's now a member of baseball hall of fame but he provided great leadership in the clubhouse for us and he set the tone and uh, I, I really think that was the big difference because he said here's the way we're going to go about it there's no going to we're not going to be individuals in here we're not playing for our own personal numbers we're playing uh, every situation in every ball game do the best that we can in that particular situation, whatever it calls for, and give our team the best chance to win that game that day. And that carried throughout the season. And that his leadership, uh, along with our manager, Cito Gaston, was invaluable. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's amazing. You know, when I think of Dave Winfield, I think of uh, also another uh, player, Willie McCovey, for the Giants years ago. Both of those guys were two of the most feared uh, batters ever to play baseball? It, there's no question. I didn't have the opportunity to, to to play against McCovey. I should. That's not true. I did briefly right at the end of his career, but at that point he wasn't right near the player that he had been. But I did get to play uh, a lot against Winfield when he was in his prime, mm-hmm. and he he was a. There's no question a special player, and he hit the ball as hard as anybody that I ever played against. Hmm. Wow. Hey, Rance, um, in 1984, uh, Sports Illustrated um, had you on their dream team as the utility infielder, and you started off as a shortstop, ended up being a a third baseman. Uh, Tell us about that transition for you, and and what was that? That's a pretty cool honor in 84 with, uh, with SI on their dream team as utility infielder. 
Yes, I, I was included in some with some very good company, and and that was quite a surprise to me uh, to be to be named to that dream team. But the transition, I broke into the big leagues as a shortstop, and then my second year in the major leagues, I suffered a pretty severe lower back injury. And once I recovered, I had I never was quite the same in terms of speed and quickness. And so I continued to be a shortstop for a few more years. And when I was traded late in spring training of 1982 to the Toronto Blue Jays, this was in spring training, so I reported to their camp with about approximately eight or nine days left before we break camp. And when I arrived, they said, you're going to play third base. So it was on the job training, so to speak. But uh, I, I was able with a lot of work and, and a help from Jimmy Williams, who was our third base coach and a great instructor to make the transition fairly quickly and, and to get comfortable with it. But throughout my career, at one point or another, I did play some second base and uh, in an emergency on a few occasions, handful of occasions, first base. And then I also, if I, if I didn't start a game, uh, there was going to be uh, oftentimes I would end up pinch hitting late in the game off the bench and was uh, uh, quite successful as a pinch hitter doing in that role. And so that is probably why I was named to, to that team as the utility players, because I had, uh, uh, other than first base, I had already played some second base shortstop and third in the big leagues, and of course came off the bench effectively as a pinch hitter. And, but it was, it was a, a, a very, very uh, nice honor and uh, as a matter of fact, I have a copy of the Sports Illustrated, <laughs> that is, so, wow. which I didn't keep. Somebody actually gave that to me. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's, it's you know it's it's always nice to be recognized, and and I was very appreciative of it. Well, I was wondering. This is just something out of the wild blue, and pro- you probably didn't know him, but I had a guy, and I got to know pretty well. They played in, in Caldwell, Idaho, when the Cubs had their farm team there years and years ago and he came to our church and he dated one of my very good friends i got to know him actually pretty well and so i followed him he had a kind of a short career his dad was very famous uh did you ever know when you played for the royals and he may have left before you got there peter lecoq i played with pete lecoq in uh, in 1980 in kansas city oh wow okay yes that's uh, and um huh. he was uh, a very very nice man and was very involved in the community and in, in, in a sense of giving back with to the community and and uh, so I did have the opportunity to hmm. play with him for one year. He just came to mind when I saw Kansas City Royals there during that time, and, <laughs> and like I said, he used to come to our church. And so his his dad was Peter Marshall, the first host of the Hollywood Squares, and for years and years on TV. And so yeah. uh, and so I and this is this kind of a running joke to this day with my wife went to one of those games and P and uh, Lecoq introduced me to his dad Peter Marshall up in the stands and so I got to talk to Peter Marshall so I always said yeah I know Peter Marshall my wife said you don't know Peter Marshall you <laughs> met Peter Marshall you know but I did know Peter Lecoq and that's that's interesting I haven't talked to him in since that you know probably uh 70s late 70s but uh that was interesting to see. Did you, uh, by chance, uh, have, are you still in, in touch with the Toronto organization because you were there so long? Yes, um, I have done over the years. Uh, I actually coached in their minor league system, was their minor league hitting coordinator for a couple of years, and then um, 
moved on and later was in the broadcast booth, but which wasn't necessarily affiliated. It was just broadcasting their games. It was working for Roger Sportsnet. Hmm. But since that time, over the last six or seven years, I have uh, done a lot of youth baseball clinics throughout all of Canada, hmm. from the far west coast to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, and a lot of places in between, and occasionally... Uh, play as a celebrity in a fundraising golf event or uh, do a, a fundraising dinner, that, that sort of thing, that keeps me in touch with the Blue Jays. And uh, we'll, I, obviously nothing happened last year because of COVID, but, and I don't know what's going to take place this year, but that's, that's my connection with the Blue Jays at this time. Hmm. Well, folks, if you're just joining us here today on Heart of the Athlete, we're visiting with uh, former Major League Baseball player, third baseman, uh, Rance Molinix. And Rance, you uh, you played in the Major League Baseball for, for three decades, over three decades. And um, in the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, you had 73 home runs. And you met, we talked about the if, uh, how Toronto used you a lot with uh, as a pinch hitter there later in your career. You had 435 RBIs. Wow, that's a <laughs> and 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 445 runs. And and but as you were being used more as a pinch hitter and not playing as much on third and trying to elevate another, you know, somebody else to play third. How did the Lord help you in that when you were? not playing third as much and having somebody else play third, but that yet God was using you as a pinch hitter. How was that? And how did the, what was your thoughts and, and, and how did the Lord direct you um, during those days? Simply just the acceptance of my role as a member of a team uh, and to, to remain, always remain grateful for the, the opportunity, number one, and, and thankful for the fact that, I was playing Major League Baseball, which few very seldom ever get to do. I mean, there's not very many that actually get to to, uh, to play Major League Baseball. And so I always accepted, uh, and, and in terms of relating it to God, I just chose to accept what I was asked to do that particular day, be it play third base, be it DH, be it be prepared to come off the bench as a pinch hitter, just be as prepared as I could and do the best that I could when opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was I didn't make out the lineup. I wasn't in control of the, any of that. And I, I, I think what God did for me at that time was uh, – keep the team concept in mind and not be selfish, not have a selfish attitude uh, mm-hmm. about the fact that, you know, I, I should be playing today. I should be in the lineup. And if mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to set and I'm going to sulk and not have a good attitude towards things. Look at the opportunity that this is the opportunity that God has presented with me today. And it's my obligation to do the best that I can with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the approach that I took. That's awesome. And you know, Rance, you are noted uh, as one of the uh, greatest uh, pitch hitters uh, to play the game, and so uh, that's a pretty good reputation of its own. I mean, when you a lot of people have reputations for one thing, you have a reputation for consistency and being one of the best pinch hitters ever to play in the game. And if anybody knows baseball, and I coached baseball for a number of years myself, and you know this, you've got to have somebody that can step up to the plate in critical times and and get that hit. And you certainly 
you certainly did that. And then you went on, and of course, the last number of years, uh, you can tell us a little bit about your time with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, because I, I didn't know that originally about you until I think a couple times ago when I talked to you on the phone. But uh, tell us about how you got involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Well, first of all, I was asked, I was approached and asked if I would be interested in, in serving on the board of, of the FCA here locally. And I say locally, that encompasses a pretty good area. I'm talking of Fresno. Actually, our leader was at, lives in Fresno. Um, and so I, I ended up, as a result of that, I agreed to do that. And basically, what that involved here locally for me and, and our board was oftentimes fundraisers, golf tournaments, try to raise, you know, just different uh, ways of raising funds for the FCA to, to, for the most part, really around here, it was to send young athletes, uh, most of which were football players, and most who, who could not otherwise be able to attend, to uh, a big event down at UCLA mm-hmm. with instructors, which, of course, are, are Christian men and women, and then up here to Hume Lake, uh, Tom will know what I'm talking about, Hume Lake, where there is a Christian camp there, and it would be like a three-day instruction of football, leadership, uh, and, and godly men working with these, these young athletes um, and, and, and making it a situation where they're doing something that they really enjoy doing, a particular sport, and also... Uh, Getting to share in the gospel, you have, as, as I mentioned, Christian men and women that are sharing and, and demonstrating leadership and, and exposing them to something that maybe, if they haven't been exposed to it before, it's maybe the first time for mm-hmm. them. And oftentimes, when there's a call uh, to accept Christ as their Savior, uh, a lot of these young athletes make that decision after going through uh, this, these camps and that experience. And then second, what I did was I was oftentimes asked to speak at huddles, which are Christian groups on these campuses, these high schools That's here, here locally. So here in Visalia, and then I traveled as far as approximately you know, 90 to 100 miles to, to, to speak at some high schools and, wow. at, at their huddles. So that, that in a nutshell, is, is really what uh, I did on the, on the board, as a board member of the FCA here locally. Wow. How fun! Well, thank you so much for pouring into those the the youth and those athletes and those coaches. I know that I've heard all about the that that team football camp you're talking about at Hume Lake, and then of course the UCLA FCA camp is just a it's the largest uh, FCA camp we have in the country, and what a great place to have it. And uh, well, Lawrence, tell us a little bit about how you came to know Jesus and uh, what it was that uh, how you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Well, I was raised in a, in a in a Christian home. My my mom and dad were very involved in the church. Uh, dad was a deacon for thirty years, and mother, you know, was in the choir and and etc. And um, as a young teenager, I accepted Christ as my savior, with the understanding of what that meant, but most certainly not with the understanding of all that that was going to involve. And uh, when I actually when I signed to play baseball and I left home, you know I I kind of be, I did become kind of disconnected, uh, became worldly in some ways, but but always remained true to my true to my faith, and always uh, 
you know, always had some good guardrails based upon the way I was, was raised and the biblical morality that was instilled in me. And then I kind of, things kind of come full, came full circle. And I came back and uh, started, due to time constraints, I won't get into all of it, but got back into the church and, and got more involved and uh, just kind of rededicated myself. And mm-hmm. that's always, that has continued to be a, a uh, I'm, I'm a work in progress, mm-hmm. but just currently now uh, I lead a, a small men's group at our church on Wednesday evenings, uh, lead a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of just a brief overview of kind of what's happened over a long period of time. But have been accepted Christ. Uh, I guess I'm probably talking 50 years ago now, if maybe not a little bit longer. Wow, praise God! Yeah, well, you know, I just noticed you and I graduated the same year, 1974, and I see that uh, by your date that I'm about six months older than you. <laughs> but uh, so we're we're near the same age, and I didn't even realize that early on because, like I said, I remember following you. Hey, just this is kind of random out of the wild blue, but. Uh, how did you get to know my cousin uh, Jim in 18 years ago? I got a real estate license. Oh, okay. and and um, went to work at Century 21 Jordan Link, and he was Jim was there, and he, you know Jim, <laughs> boy do I. Course, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he of course has he he loves sports. He follows it close, and as you know was. Good friends with Jerry Tarkanian. Yes, he was. Yeah, wow. and so he's he's been involved, and in just me being a a former major league baseball player, of course, he was very friendly to me, and we we hit it off, and uh, we've had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun together. And like I mentioned earlier, he is he's he's a he's a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. I always enjoy company. You can't be around Joe and not laugh. I can. I mean, I call him Joe again, but I, you can't be around him without. Laughing, and his son uh, Ken, by the way, was Robert Doherty, who uh, played for Boston University, oh, yeah. who was their star, right. and went on and played in the World Football League in the Barcelona Championship. <laughs> he was kitting his backup. Robert was that's right in that, and now he now he's over in Hawaii as an athletic director at a big at a big uh, Christian school. But you know, the one thing really kind of a funny story, real quick, is. This rants when I was uh, talking. I was trying to get a kid recruited down here that's just tremendous kid, and so I. I called Joe. I said, Joe, this guy is, man, he needs to be talked to. And he said, Tommy, hold on just a minute. He always called me Tommy. I said, okay. He calls <laughs> He calls John Robinson, USC's office, to talk to John Robinson while I'm on the line. And I'm like, are you <laughs> are you kidding me? That's, <laughs> that's, you know, he's good friends. With, you know, he stays in touch with Mike Ruzioni. And, you know, one thing about Robert, too, Robert played in the CFL with Toronto Argonauts. So he was quite an athlete, but... You know, I always, I have, like I said, I have fun, and every once in a while, just to get a good laugh out of out of Jim, <laughs> I'll remind him. I'll say, you know, Jim, you're you're perfect weight. You're at your perfect weight if you were six eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just just to keep keep things light, but uh, uh, that, yeah, that's fun. a lot of fun. That's fun. Well, Rance, uh, um, on another baseball note, I I uh, the Northwest Nazarene University up here in Idaho is. Uh, uh, their baseball team and in the division two is currently ranked fifteenth in the country. They've never that's the highest they've ever been. And their their head coach is actually from California, Joe Schaefer. He was the uh, 
the head coach at Point Loma Nazarene. Now he's up here. He's the he's our head coach here at NNU, and that we have our FCA office actually on the campus of NNU, and uh, so we're we're excited about about seeing NNU do well. Well, that that's yeah, that is exciting, uh, exciting, and I didn't realize that. I knew the, the, the university was there but because my son kind of considered going there. Um, but he's, he's actually now at Olivet Nazarene University in, in Illinois. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's exciting. They, they obviously have a very, very good baseball team. Yeah, and Joe's done a great job of building that. And uh, so, well, Rance... Man, it has been a pleasure to visit with you. I'm so glad the connection that Tom here has with uh, his cousin and his cousin has with you. And thank you, thank you for taking the time to be on Heart of the Athlete here today. Well, I uh, again, I appreciate you having me on and, and giving me the opportunity to just share a little bit about my story uh, and uh, the, the importance of of remaining strong in your faith and your relationship with God. Um, I, I think that, that, as we, I think we would all agree, that's the most important thing that you do with your, in your life first and foremost, and then everything else will fall in place. Amen. Well, as Ken closes, uh, Lance, uh, Rance, uh, stay on the phone for a moment. We'll talk for a second. But, uh, Kenny? Well, Tom, thanks again for being on uh, co-host, and, and, and Rance, thank you. And uh, folks, you have a great day, and God bless. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho, and KBXL, The Voice. Yeah.